Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. And I realize that today may be a big day for some folks. Maybe you are traveling today. Maybe you have people coming in. Maybe um, it's a big day because you're not doing some of those typical Thanksgiving-y hype things. Um, no matter what the circumstances are, I hope that it is a day that goes well for you. And I hope that it is a time where you can separate yourself in preparation for Thanksgiving Day, sort of like we talked about a couple of Sundays ago, or this past Sunday, excuse me, uh, and, and realize that Thanksgiving is not about a single day, but instead is a way of life. I know for one thing, the roadways are going to be busy, busy today. And um, nevertheless, by the time this comes out, I, I think I'm going to probably be loading up the car and heading south as well. But nevertheless, it is good to be with y'all today, especially as we make our way through the book of Acts. You remember where we were yesterday? We were in Acts chapter 18. Paul goes to Corinth, goes immediately to the synagogue, starts preaching the Jews thoroughly not only reject him, but begin to abuse him. He shakes the dust off of his clothes and in essence says, that's it. Your blood be on your own heads. I'm going to the Gentiles. Now, as we talked about yesterday, this is not just some human temper tantrum thrown by Paul, but instead we see the result of God's word rejected talked yesterday about Revelation, in particular Ephesus in chapter 2 of Revelation, the letter to the Ephesian church, and how uh, the warning that Jesus gave that church was, if you don't remember your first love, if you don't turn back to the gospel, if you don't embrace the word of God, then I'm going to remove your lampstand. In other words, the spirit would be removed from that congregation. And what you have going on here with Paul, when he shakes the dust off of his clothes and says, that's it. What you find there is the word being removed from those people because of their thorough rejection of it. And there's a warning there for you and me. Not only is this history reading about, you know, it, it's fascinating as a side note, how many times Paul makes this declaration that he's going to go to the Gentiles. It's like, okay, Paul, you, you keep saying this, but he still keeps going back to the Jews, right? That's because he's following the Holy Spirit. And certainly these places that he's going, while these are Gentile territories, he's finding Jews there. Um, we, uh, we read about what was going on yesterday, about how Jews especially were in Corinth after they'd been thrown out of, of Rome by Claudius, the emperor. And so the Lord is working at all circumstances. But again, what we saw yesterday is a warning. It's not a temper tantrum by Paul. It's not his humanity poking, you know, against what he thinks he should do. No, 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 no. It's not anger. It is the word of God being removed from a people because they refuse to, re uh, to accept it. Now, with that in mind, we come to a different paradigm today. Let's pray and then we'll find out what it is. Our Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us, and we pray that you would help us to take your word to heart, that this would not be merely about learning in an academic fashion, but it would be also about our hearts and our minds being shaped. So please, work in our hearts and guide us by these things. Uh, let us yield to your Holy Spirit. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Now, you ever heard the phrase, 
where one door closes, another opens. It's okay, but you know, I, I prefer a different phrase. Where we put a period, God puts a comma, right? Oftentimes, he does away with, with our notion of being done with something, and then he adds to it, right? Or he changes things. You know, God is the one that when one door closes, another door opens. God's the one that opens it. As an example of that, we find Paul today in Acts chapter 18, verse 7. Now, after proclaiming this at the end of verse 6, from now on I will go to the Gentiles, verse 7, Acts chapter 18, then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue ruler, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians heard him believed, and who heard him believed and were baptized. Now, isn't it fascinating? Just pause there for a second. Isn't it fascinating that Paul says, that's it, I'm done with the Jews going to the Gentiles. And yet, what's the first thing that happens? Well, the first thing that happens is not just any Jew turns to the Lord. It's actually the synagogue ruler, the one rabbi that was over that synagogue in Corinth, which was a major, major thing. I mean, this would be like a Muslim cleric in a major Islamic city coming to know the Lord. That's what has happened here. And not only do you find him, you find Titius Justice, a worshiper of God, right? Um, that means a Gentile that was, this is getting back to that God-fearer stuff that we talked about before, right? Gentiles who were convinced that the one true God was the God of Judaism, so they followed the ways of Judaism. He converts whole households. And again, and many of the Corinthians who heard him believed and were baptized. Now, Paul is in a predicament here, isn't he? He's been to Corinth, he's, he's come to Corinth, he's gone to the synagogue, which is what he always did, right? Because the group that would have been most receptive to this story of Jesus of Nazareth, a Jew, would have been Jews. But he's been thoroughly rejected at the synagogue. And he says, all right, I'm going to the Gentiles. And then this happens. You know, it's almost like Paul wants to go, but then the Lord starts working this incredible harvest there. What was he going to do? Was he going to pack up and leave Corinth? Verse 9, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed for a year and a half teaching them the word God. And not only do we know that Paul stayed a year and a half, it was that work that would result in the church in Corinth, two of which books, or two books of which in the New Testament are for the Corinthian church. Now, they would go on to have some issues, but y'all, there is a principle at work here. And it's this. While this is a unique circumstance to the Apostle Paul, Right, I mean, realize that Paul is on this missionary journey. He is being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, all of these things are happening. God has specific assignments for Paul. And so he has this vision where God tells him specifically exactly what to do. Will it work the exact same way with us? Probably not. But realize what you do have instead which in many ways is far better. Now you might say, well, what's far better than God coming to you one night and telling you, hey, I want you to do this? 
Well, how about an entire book of the things that he tells you that he wants to do? How about his Holy Spirit dwelling inside you to convict, to encourage, to spur on, to empower, to be his presence in you? You know, when we read stuff like this, I, I can't tell you how many times it's, it's either stuff like this or it's people looking at, at these grand miracles. And so many times I've heard statements like, yeah, yeah, I really, I really want to believe and, and, and I do believe, but I just wonder how come the things that happen in the Bible don't still happen today? Well, my answer to that is, says who? Are you asserting that God doesn't still lay on people's heart exactly what he wants them to do? Are you saying that God doesn't still promise people, hey, I want you to do this and I don't want you to worry about it because I'm with you. Has his son not said, I'm with you always to the very end of the age? Does his Holy Spirit again not dwell inside every believer? With the miracles thing, I, I, I get that too. But y'all, as I've said oftentimes, look, realize, I think that, that the end of John is fascinating because it talks about all the things that Jesus did, that, that if all of them were written down, there's not a library on earth big enough to hold all of the books that could be written about what he did. Y'all realize that what's in the Bible is in the Bible for the specific reason that God has chosen to reveal that. Other things happen. And in the same way, y'all, the Lord works miracles all the time around you. If you doubt that, take the time to think about all the ways that the Lord has protected you. Think about the ways that God has used modern medicine to work miracles. And no, man doesn't get credit for that. That's God. God has given the wisdom, the wherewithal, the means. All of these things are attributed to God. Look at how crazy the world is around you and the fact that we're not in some nuclear winter right now because the sun has been blotted out from us bombing each other into oblivion. Don't you think that's miraculous? It's Thanksgiving, that time when our nation is supposed to come together and stop and give thanks to God for what he has done, not only for us as individuals, but as a nation. <laughs> I don't have to tell you that, that by and large, that's gone. But just think about the United States of America, its meteoric rise. Don't you think that's miraculous? That the Lord worked as he did? Indeed it is. So the Lord's working miracles all around you right now, and the Lord is still calling people all around you right now. And I've got something to tell you. It's not just about what happens to other people. When you trust in the Lord, when you make yourself open to the Holy Spirit's guidance, and when you then yield to the Holy Spirit, when's the last time you woke up and said, God, what do you want me to do today? And then waited expectantly for him to show you. If you haven't done that in a while, I would encourage you to do so. Or if you have something looming out there, pray, God, this is coming up. What, what do you want me to do? He'll tell you. Many, many times, he tells you through his word. It's, it's, it's the, the lyrics to that great hymn, How Firm a Foundation. There's one line in it that asks, what more can he say than to you he has said? I mean, realize how the Holy Spirit works. The, the Holy Spirit works through the word of God to convict our hearts. 
But when's the last time you did that? But, but if you will do that, and then if you will wait and trust and follow, well, it, it may not be exactly the same set of circumstances as Paul, but I guarantee you the Lord is never, ever going to leave you wondering about what he wants you to do. With Paul here, we, we, we see that. He's an example of that. And also, there's an example of something else. Clearly, Paul left the synagogue back in verse 6 rather upset, dejected even. And part of that has to do with probably everything that's been going on. He's had a rough go of it if you think about all the things that he's faced. But remember Paul's opinion of the Jewish people. This is not just some people group, it's his. He loves the Jewish people. If you doubt that, think back to some of the things that we went through in Romans. Read, read Romans 11 sometime today. He was heartbroken over his people's stubbornness, how, they, how stiff-necked they were. And yet, it was in his heartbreak and in his dejection that the Lord was working something that he couldn't see. And y'all, a lot of times in life, that's how it is with you and me. Now, I am not saying that in order to mitigate, in order to lessen whatever it is that you might be going through right now. I'm really not. I'm not trying to cheapen it. And you may be going through times right now that are just absolutely horrible. You may be tied up in knots on the inside. Doesn't mean that God isn't working. And if you think I'm just saying that to you, you're wrong. Because I'm saying that to me too. The Lord is always working for our good and for his glory. Proverbs chapter three tells us who the Lord is, that like a loving, perfect heavenly father, he's with his children and he chastises his children when they need it. He, he disciplines his children when they need it. And so we shouldn't despise what he's doing in our lives. Now, I'm not saying that everything that's going on in your life is about discipline, but I do recognize that everything may not be just hunky-dory, peachy keen. As we go into the holiday season, definitely I'm, I'm going to be preaching on Advent, especially when I get back into town and that sort of thing. But every time I go into the holiday season, I go in recognizing that a lot of times the holidays feel like anything but. Even so, the Lord is working. Never forget that. Now, um, I pondered really where to go next. I, I, I don't, I don't want to get into verse 12 and following because that's a whole section and it will take too much time. And y'all, tomorrow we're going to be focusing, hey, on Thanksgiving. But, but keep these things in mind as you go into the holiday season, that the Lord is always working. And tomorrow we'll pick up, not an ax, but in the Psalms, and then in the new year, January 15th, I believe, is when I said we will be back for daily devotionals. But in the new year, we'll get right back to Acts chapter 18 and pick up there in verse 12 where we left off. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are always at work. Even in the most tumultuous times, the most disappointing times, times where it feels like the whole world may come to an end, you are still holding things together. Instead of worrying, instead of allowing ourselves to be tied up in knots and thus ruining more, let us trust in you. As we talked about Sunday, 
Oh, Father, let us rejoice in your love and sometimes in your discipline. Uh, let us let our graciousness be known. Let us not worry, but instead let us pray with thanksgiving. And as a result, give us that peace that passes understanding only from you. We pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. If you are on the road today, be careful out there. And uh, again, Lord willing, we'll see you soon. Take care.